Welcome to This Week in Location-Based Marketing with your hosts, Rob Woodbridge and Asif Khan. It is time for This Week in Location-Based Marketing. This is episode number 185. For those of you that are counting, today is Friday, June 6th, 2014. My name is Rob Woodbridge from Untether.tv, located in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. With me as always... Asif Khan from the Location-Based Marketing Association, back in Toronto, and yes, ready to rock, ready to rock. Back in Toronto. Going on. Back in Toronto. Where were you? Chicago? I was San in San Fran for the uh, first half of the week and Chicago for the last half of the week. Whoa. So uh, San Francisco was the what? Street Fight Summit. How was that? It was awesome. Uh, great speakers, great content. Uh, I did a panel with uh, with Waze, um, 24.2, an agency that uh, uh, does a lot of work with Whole Foods and, and brands like that, and um, and um, Pandora. So it was it was a good mix uh, to kind of talk about. You know, they're all coming at location very different ways, um, and no pun intended, ways. Um, <laughs> Very different ways. Yes. And um, get it ways W A Z. You know, it's that English language. You know, yes. no, um, no. Anyways, um, <laughs> we're off to a rocky start. Let's we're recover. To we got to recover. The panel went really well. It was really interesting. To try to weave together a common thread of uh, of discussion you know, because of the sort of major differences, right, between how they all look at it. But you know, it went really well. Uh, some of those guys had actually worked together. On campaigns, so it was it. It, uh, it went really, really well. I was excited about it, and then I went over to Chicago on Wednesday uh, for the official launch of the LVMA Chicago chapter. Great turnout, uh, some great companies. I mean, we had Crate and Barrel on the panel. Um, we had um, uh, I Inside there. We had Geofedia. Uh, we had a bunch of local uh, agency folks out. Um, it, it was uh, it was well done, well done, and uh, you know TPN Retail uh, sponsored it along with InMarket. InMarket's really interesting. I mean, like basically the biggest company in Beacons on the planet at the moment. So, uh, um, yeah, and 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 we need to talk about them sometime. I want them on the show uh, sooner rather than later because uh, what they're doing I think is really cool, and what they're about to do even cooler. So. So from Chicago back to Toronto, and then you depart again uh, at the end of this uh, weekend, and uh, and then you've got an event in New York, right? The launch uh, or the luxury event in New York? Yeah. So I'm uh, yeah. Sunday I head back out uh, after Banff for the uh, Banff World Television Festival. So you know, hoping to connect with some folks and look at uh, you know second screen applications and location in TV, both you know you know regular and and reality, uh, where we see a lot of location stuff happening. Um, and then uh, I uh, the following week is uh, the 18th is what you're referring to. June 18th is the uh, LBMA New York chapter uh, location meets luxury. So we're looking at luxury retail specifically, and um, you know how location fits into that. And that that's going to be a phenomenal event. We well over 100 people already uh, uh, signed up for that. And looking at the list, you know brands like Hugo Boss, Michael Kors. Uh, Mark Jacobs, uh, you know, are all planning on being there. Ralph Lauren, um, you know, so I, I think uh, if you're in New York and you're interested in that space, you, you should be at this event. Uh, and so hosted by our, our wonderful partners, the Associated Press, at their head office. Uh, there's even a tour again, if you weren't at the last event, of the uh, of the uh, the newsroom, which is the world's largest newsroom. So, uh, you know, check that out if uh, if you get a chance to uh, to come out there. I won't be there because I'll be off in Dublin, uh, meeting with some companies and uh, attending another event over there. So Dublin, yeah, I take Dublin over New York. 
Yeah, yeah. especially when you New York all the time. Yeah, New York's a great city, but uh, Dublin. I take yeah. Dublin. Dublin. It's got better beer. Well, that's true. Well, uh, sounds like you uh, are usually, as usual, busy. So uh, we've got a jammed show. Some of the greatest stories you've ever heard in the location-based marketing world. I was at an event this morning. Uh, it's Friday for us here, June sixth, uh, in, in Ottawa, and uh, somebody walked past. I had, somebody walked past and said, "Hey, way to keep going with the, uh, you know, the, the role you're on with the location-based marketing, or this week in location-based marketing. Way to go!" and uh, so, you know, we're, we're making an impact in Ottawa. They're listening to me in actually hey. in Ottawa, in my hometown. There you go. Yeah, that was it. The, the rest of the event was uh, <laughs> it was terrible, but that part was great. It was. All right, we've got uh, 10 amazing stories, uh, resource of the week that is actually going to be brought to you by Chuck Martin, the very one and only Chuck Martin, uh, who I do uh, Mobile Minute with every single day. He's, he's actually going to bring us our resource of the week, and it has a lot to do with the uh, Think Near folks. So you'll stick around for that at the end of the show. Our top 10 stories, we'll kick it off, and then we've got, we're only going to really talk about two uh, major themes because there's one that's massive and uh, that we, we just we don't think we're going to be able to get through in one episode. So uh, we're going to talk about just two main stories here, and we're going to dive in. What do you say we do that right now? We just dive into the stories. Let's do it. All right. We are in. Our first story, obviously, for those that maybe were under a rock over the last week, Apple had some small conference somewhere in Silicon Valley, somewhere in San Francisco, right? Uh, tiny little conference there, WWDC, where they announced a, a plethora of stuff. And we're going to bring it down. We're going to distill it down to the things that are important around location. So one of the big things that we've seen or people actually users have reported seeing is a little button that pops up in the bottom left hand corner of a screen uh, when you're in a store like Apple or Starbucks. And this is this was actually reported by Mac rumors. It's typically blank. You'll see in the bottom left hand. You know, if you look at your screen, the bottom left hand of your of your of your screen, if you're using the new iOS eight and um, it's basically if you're in the right place at the right time at the right brick and mortar store, it will appear. In fact, some people have actually seen it appear in that spot when they walk into a Costco, even though they did not have the application on their device. They have a quote here that uh, talks about this location services, and it says, when location services turned on, the device's current location is used to recommend relevant apps on the lock screen. So this is what we think is happening. In fact, some, re as I said, that, you know, some people have been saying, seeing this pop up at Costco, and they don't have the app, and it will make app, app recommendations based on your location, which we will talk about a little bit later, because Steve and I have been actually talking about this for quite some time. Second thing that they've done is around the M7 processor, and uh, it's adding some new core location features, Apple is, that let developers get precise indoor positioning data from the iOS device sensors, and it's even letting venues contribute by signing up to get more help uh, enabling indoor positioning. So this is a part of that other huge market that Asif is always talking about, which is this indoor location piece now that is going to be native in the operating system. Uh, and last year, uh, Apple, we, we reported this, bought a company called Wi-Fi Slam that uses similar Wi-Fi technology to pinpoint the location of devices. So they're going to be using the, the Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and GPS uh, as well. And the last thing that just happened today that we're not sure what this means, but it has a lot to do with the maps, is that Apple just acquired a company called Spotsetter. It's a social mapping company that redefines maps by combining friends' recommendations, trusted reviews, and other signals in order to reinvent maps as a more social experience. They're saying that this is kind of like Foursquare, but amped up with multiple sources of, uh, of data. And who knows what's going to happen with that. They just announced it today, but they know it's an aqua hire. They're bringing the technology inside, and we might see that as part of their maps, as part of the operating system. 
Now, at the end of the show, when we're done these 10 stories, we're going to be talking about iOS location and the implication on local search when basically local is part of the operating system. So you're going to want to stick around for that. That was a long first story. All right. My goodness. Thanks, Rob. All right. What's next? All right. Our second story comes from... I'm not going to talk again. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to Mexico now. You You do the rest. San Francisco and the WWDC conference to Mexico for a story about a newspaper company called Mas por Mas. Um, and uh, this, this is just blow, blows me away when I see this kind of stuff. Uh, basically, what we're talking about here is, you know, we've, we've been sounding the death knell of, of the news industry for a long time now. And here comes, uh, you know, sort of not quite an upstart, but a, you know, certainly not the number one or number two player in the industry. Um, you know, and, and they, you know, they come in here and they say, look, you know, we got to reinvent the way we deliver the news. And so what do they do? They, they, they take uh, paper towel dispensers that you would have in bathrooms, okay, and they put a printer uh, inside uh, of, of these paper towel dispensers. They put Wi-Fi connectivity in, inside these things, um, and they put them in, back into the, into the bathrooms. And so you, you go, you go, you do your thing, and then you go wash your hands, and you grab the paper towel, and it has sensors in it that can detect, you know, like, you know, motion, so it knows when your hands are there, and it spits out the paper towel. We've all seen these paper towel uh, things before. But guess what? When the piece of paper towel comes out, on it is the latest news that's been printed out on it. And so you're sitting there going, reading the news, you know, instead of instead of drying your hands. Um, it's pretty cool. And it's all the latest stuff. It's delivered over Wi-Fi. Um, they're using special um, uh, ink that, uh, you know, prints onto this uh, paper towel and it doesn't rub off on your hands. And uh, phenomenal stuff. I mean, what a, what a, what an innovative way. What an Internet of Things you know, uh, form of thinking to kind of deliver the news to people and build your circulation. And it's got QR codes built into the stuff so you can scan it and it takes you back to their website. And, you know, they, they've seen a um, 37% lift in the first two weeks in traffic to their site. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Wow. And I was going to say, you know, crack some kind of joke around how it's gone to, the newspaper industry has gone to potty. There you go. That wouldn't have been a very good joke. No. I've been trying to think of a funny no. thing. Uh, you know what they should do, though, is that they should do it um, in the stalls. Because I don't often read the newspaper while I'm washing <laughs> my hands. While you're sitting there, right? Yeah. I'm just, yeah. maybe that's too much information. But if they want an uplift in all of their newspapers, then they should do it while they're like entering it. the room, right? I like it. Yeah. That's okay. pretty cool. This is, this is a company called Mass Poor Mass. Yes. How? Paper towel dispensing news. I like it. Oh, my God. And you know what? It should come from the toilet paper so you can wipe your ass with today's news. Too much? Too much. I'm not even going to edit that out, Asif. It's just going to be right there. It's going to be lingering in the air. All right, a third story. Uh, Listen, you know, um, I have a bunch of vinyl over here. I was going to reach over and get it. I have a a record player right over here. So I still listen to, uh, I try to listen to vinyl uh, whenever I can. Um, It really does. It really does suck compared to like mp3s and and high just i'm just putting it out there set the effort to, to get it to play a record and turn it over not as easy as just hitting play however there are some die hard people who love albums out there and uh you know there's this guy called brian eno ever heard of him yeah brian eno so these guys um they uh teamed up brian eno and carl Hyde teamed up with a developer his name is lucas carluk um to create an augmented reality surface on top of the record it's an app combination so you download the application you put your record on top of your turntable and you look at the record through the app 
and this little psychedelic cityscape kind of pulsates and undulates and transforms and it goes with the music. It's like basically uh, like a, a, I guess an augmented reality equalizer is the best way to do it. Um, and it, uh, you just basically hold up the so, app. So, so it's like, you know, because we don't have LSD anymore. <laughs> it's exactly, nobody wants this to take is how, drugs. This is how you can experience the album, right? You know, when Dark Side of the Moon came out, no, I'm just kidding. Well, it's true, you know, but it, yeah, you know, you used to see musical notes coming right from the albums and now you see this undulating vibrant psychedelic cityscape is what they say. There you go. Yeah, like and, it. and it's done by uh, it's done by Brian Eno and Carl Hyde. They've always Steve been, Jobs would have been impressed. Th this is exactly, this is the best use of augmented reality. They say, hey, can't, dude, can't wait until Google Glass is everywhere so we can see the world like this. You know, t it pales in comparison or it makes rose-colored glasses pale in comparison to this. That's all I got. I don't have any nice. other joke on this. I liked yours better. <laughs> For those who can't take acid, we salute you with this. There you go. All right, next All right. story. I'm on a roll here. Terrible. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday afternoon. Okay, so this guy from uh, UCL, a postgrad student from UCL, uh, named Owen McCormick. Um, you know, he, he's working on his master's degree in comp sci, and he's he's basically uh, he's got this little company on the side called Hoxton Analytics. Uh, and what he's done is he's, you know, in the way that we've been doing indoor location and trying to give retailers better insight into what's going on in their stores from an analytics perspective, he thinks he's got a different way to do that, uh, basically using the shoes that we all wear. And so he's, he's, he's uh, you know, got cameras and image recognition software. And what he's doing is he's recognizing different types of footwear. And he analyzes the size, shape of, of different styles of shoes. Um, and then the, the device that he's built basically, you know, has the software and some algorithms and then they can kind of look at gender and demographics and social class and a bunch of other things to kind of give retailers better insights into uh, who's actually in their stores. How does he do that? From the shoes. Oh, my God. <laughs> From the shoes, man. Yeah. You, you know, what we always say, look, you know, when you're when you're when you're evaluating a man or a woman, you know, and you're trying to decide whether this is somebody you want to date or hang out with. <laughs> you know, I always say, you know, you look at the shoes, right? You know, no. like, do they take time to, you know, shine those shoes? You know, you, you know, is, is the girl buying like, you know, high, good quality shoes or, you know, like, you know, her laces left undone all the time and just, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Right. So now we got we got business insights coming from shoes. Oh my God! As long as you don't have to smell them, does it take smell into factor consideration? <laughs> no smelling going on here. Well, there that is yeah. that is very cool. We're going to be talking a little bit about that whole album piece, the news piece, and the shoe piece a little bit later on in one big story. All right, our uh, fifth story. As long as you don't have to smell the shoes, right? No smelling of the shoes. Um, there's a, a company called Prexter uh, that uh, launched a location-based app marketplace. It's their very first application. It's available download for free right now. You can go to prexter.com for a little bit more information. So this is, I, I don't think that this is innovative in any way, shape, or form, but it shows you that there's that this is a uh, an emerging market that, uh, that we've covered quite often here. And here's another company that's doing this. The smartphone application allows users to buy, sell, and trade items with a simple few taps through the iOS and Android device application. What is unique about Prexter is the application allows users to narrow their searches to locations within their vicinity. Now, we've had a lot of companies that have done this, so it's not really unique anymore, is it? It sounds like iOS 8, no? Yeah, and right now, I mean, they're building, <laughs> they're building something that is competing with iOS 8, but we've had a lot of these local, highly yeah. local marketplaces. 
So, I mean, you can put your, it's standard stuff. You can, you can post your items up there, up uh, that you want to sell you, or you'd like to trade or you'd like to buy and you can actually look to pay. Uh, you can narrow your results down to those within your location. It's available on both platforms, iOS and Android. Uh, not, not unique. Um, and, uh, but if you'd like some more information about this, you can go to prexter.com. This is a location-based app marketplace and uh, we'll see how this, this goes. And they're based in Singapore. Yes, and uh, that's right. But they do sell things and across, uh, you know, you can set one up locally. I, in fact, downloaded the application and uh, there wasn't a much around me. Uh, but when I put my location into New York City, uh, I got a little bit of stuff. But Singapore is by, by far the main spot for this. Okay. Uh, number six, one of our, uh, you know, big uh, behemoth member companies, AT&T, uh, launched uh, an interesting service this week. Um, it's basically, I'm not even sure it has a, like a, an actual name, but it's they an add-on to... They never name their stuff. They don't name their stuff. It's part of their overall location information services portfolio. Right. Um, and, and what it is, is, you know, consumers, uh, subscribers on AT&T's network can opt in basically to uh, have their devices tracked uh, as, as they move around internationally. So this is outside of the U.S. now. Um, and the purpose of this is, is AT&T wants to be able to provide this data to banks, credit card companies uh, as an anti-fraud uh, mechanism. And this is really smart stuff, right? And, and there's a lot going on in this space around, you know, how, how can we use location to kind of detect, you know, is that, the, is that the actual person, you know, that we think it is that's trying to complete that transaction? And especially when you're, when you're traveling internationally. I mean, Google does this really well. I mean, I tell you, Rob, you know, I travel all the time, as you know. Yep. And every time I go somewhere, like it happened to me again this week, and, and I go to log in, um, you know, to Google, it comes, about, comes up with this thing and saying, well, you know, uh, somebody tried to log into your account <laughs> that, uh, you know, from this country. Is this you? Yes. Um, you know, and so, so they're, yeah, so they're tracking this stuff, right? Um, and in a similar way, now we're talking about doing this with uh, cell ID uh, from AT&T's uh, point of view. I, you know, it's probably necessary, um, but again, I always say this, uh, if you're going to go traveling abroad, uh, just call your financial institutions and do yeah. the things that you need to do and let them know that you're doing it. Um, and it's a lot hey man, easier. I don't have time to call every week, Rob. I can't do it. Exactly. Well, they just should know it's that. It's a full-time job. Yeah, but the, you know, it, it's a pattern, right? So if, if you're going against the pattern, that's yes. what they look for. So the deviation yes. from the pattern. So you, you clearly, if you actually charged anything in Toronto, they'd be like, hey, do you know that somebody's using a credit card in Toronto? <laughs> Because it's against the pattern. That's mine. That's mine. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, our seventh story uh, in the kind of uberfication of everything, right? We're starting to see this excess inventory. Uh, here's a company that is based out of where? Out of the Netherlands? Um, yeah. That is actually, it's a company called Flow2. Flow2. F-L-O-O-W-2. Uh, they are actually building a marketplace for monetizing idle farm equipment. How brilliant is that? I don't know I, if I could. I don't. I don't even know if it's worth going on from there. Like basically, you, if you have a tractor, you have a combine, you have something that you're not using right now, you can actually just rent the damn thing out. I'm I'm bummed that we didn't think I of like this it. one. I'm bummed that we didn't think about this. So you yeah, got like, and they got, and they got user ratings and oh, reviews on 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 the businesses and and um, all kinds of stuff here. I mean, like everything. It's, it's, yeah, it's cool. So you know, but they've got like multiple types of of stuff. And and if I could, um, here, like, I'm just gonna pull one up here. They've got like, um, 
a sloop sorter like like it's crazy 149 dollars 149 euros per day like this this stuff is this is exactly what we need this is idle equipment don't buy it don't rent it use somebody else's who's already got it and and let them pay their their costs i don't know growing up here every once in a while i remember like you know uh going with my dad we needed like you know a hammer drill or something that we didn't have and i remember going to like the we said we have this this thing called stevenson's rental yeah where you could rent like heavy heavy equipment right um and uh yeah i mean well this 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 this, this is the reinvention of stevenson's rental right? it is i mean but it's it's from your neighbor right so don't go and borrow exactly. yeah it's you got to pay it it's oh. from the the farmer down the street i like it I like that a lot. Like Flow two f l o o w two dot com. If you're interested in that, I think that this is something that uh, could be brought into um, Canada and the United States, if anybody uh, so chooses. It's from from uh, it's, it's a Dutch company. Very cool. There you go. Around the world again, Asif. I know. I well, I mean, I try really hard to make sure you know we're pulling stuff from all over the LBMA uh, global community. So. Where's uh, Where's Canada again this time? <sighs> you know, I think we're missing out on that again. Son of a gun. Yeah, we're Canadian, so that counts, right? We're yeah, exactly. So now All we're right. going to Colombia. Yes, we're going to Colombia. You know, we're not doing drugs for a little Coca Cola. Well, Coke is a drug, really. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but we're talking about Coca Cola, uh, and they've launched a, uh, a yet another super cool uh, campaign uh, called the Friendly Twist. And so this is a a bottle. Uh, so they're, they're basically trying to promote this during uh, the start of the school year. And you know, so you're there. You come to your college, you know, campus for the first time, and you don't know anybody because you know you're you know you're you're living on you know uh, on campus, and uh, you know what? But you like Coca-Cola, so you go up to this thing and you get a bottle of Coca-Cola, but you can't open it until you find somebody else who has a bottle of Coca-Cola, and then you put your two bottles of Coca-Cola together, and two caps work together to open up. Uh, the thing, so you're forced to make connections and network and and find new friends. The friendly twist. I like it. It's so poetic. I like it. But I hate people enough to buy two cokes. Yeah, well, they they, <laughs> they, they did say that that does happen from time to time, but uh, for the most part, people are actually engaging with this. And it's not the first time Coke has done this. They they've done similar things, I think, in France and uh, and in Singapore. Uh, where they did a thing with uh, the, it was called like the uh, the shareable can or something like that, where basically you, you get this can and then the can can be twisted and broken into two separate cans and then you can like hand one off to a friend. That's cool, I guess. That's cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a lot better when you pay for one can and and you know I think that this is just a ploy for people to buy lonely people to buy two two cokes so yeah. they double their revenue from each. Yeah, there you go. The friendly twist. Friendly twist. Wow. Unique story. Uh, from unique to incredible and, and amazing, two finances this week. The first, uh, I mean, the first one that we had covered, which is Yext. Um, they raise $50 million. Yext is a New York-based uh, company uh, that lets marketers manage their local content, listings, store pages, social pages, campaigns, and more, uh, basically over their uh, geo-marketing cloud. They have a whole bunch of business, quarter million businesses, including dozens of Fortune 500 companies that use this thing. They've The CEO describes this as a pre-IPO financing. They are actually uh, aiming for about $55 million in revenue this year. That's their projected revenue. And uh, they're on a run rate for that right now. They did $34 million last year, which is up 136%. So this is actually a company that is probably leaning towards becoming remaining an independent company 
and going public, and they raised fifty million dollars. Yeah, and that's like I think a total now of one hundred and sixteen million. Yeah, and, and they're valued at about half a billion. Yeah, five hundred twenty-five million. There so you go. From one small company, and I say this to the next, which is uh, just announced, which is today, Friday, that Uber, our favorite cab company, our favorite car company, uh, has raised. You've you've heard this by now, but I'm gonna leave it a little pause here for for dramatic purposes. One point two billion dollars on a seventeen billion dollar acquisition. Now, uh, think of valuation. About, you mean valuation? What did I say? Yeah. Acquisition. Yeah, seventeen billion dollar valuation. That is is crazy. Uh, considering a year ago, Google put in about two hundred thirty million dollars at a three to three point five billion dollar valuation. Seventeen billion dollars. We're gonna be talking about this for a long time, but so Yext raises 50 million, which is basically the interest, monthly interest or daily interest of the 1.2 billion dollars that uh, Uber uh, raised just today. Crazy amount of money. Unbelievable. Yeah. All right, let's finish this off. Our, our All right. Story. Yes, our 10th story uh, is about a company called Run uh, that has built a platform called Device Connect on top of Verizon's preci precision data. So we talked about Verizon's precision data, I don't know, maybe five, six episodes ago when they kind of put this thing out there. But, you know, these Run guys apparently have been working behind the scenes for a while. Um, and they, uh, basically, it's, it's a mobile demand side platform um, that is all about helping brands understand mobile ad attribution. And so uh, they're, they're looking at the, the Verizon data and they built this platform on top of it to kind of look at performance. Because if you remember when we talked about, uh, about the Verizon platform, it was mobile and desktop and all that, yeah. right? So they're tying it all together to kind of look at the movements of consumers and then providing that in a sort of, um, you know, a, an analytics uh, platform that, uh, that retailers can use, again, called Device Connect. Um, so it's it's in app to mobile to web attribution uh, and kind of tying all that together. All done by Verizon. There you go. Wow. All right. Ten stories. Ten great stories from around the world, except for Canada. So Canadians, you got to provide us with some of the content, or else we're not going to be able to talk about you. But those are great. We're going to be talking about a couple of those stories jammed into two. We got two two big stories that we're really going to be or thoughts we're going to be talking about the iOS location and the implement or the implication on local search. You know what happens when local is part of the operating system that changes the world, especially mm -hmm. when you've got. A company like Apple in the middle of all this. And then we're going to look at uh, these unique ways that to leverage technology based on your location. So, so uh, things like uh, holograms on your records, uh, toilet or, uh, you know, uh, printing news on uh, paper towel and obviously understanding who you are demographically by your shoes, not by the smell, but by your shoes itself. So we're going to talk about that in a second. Uh, but before we do that, and then we're going to go into Chuck and uh, his the resource of the week, uh, which is around uh, what Think Near is doing. Um, but before we do that, listen, I got to do a little a quick plug for uh, Patreon.com, which is where fine listeners and viewers like you can contribute to the bottom line here and help us augment the show that we've done now for so many times, 185 consecutive weeks. All you have to do is go to Patreon.com forward slash untether. I'm going to do it right now. You go to Patreon.com. This is how long it takes. Patreon.com slash untether. And all you have to do is contribute a buck or two or three or four, whatever you want to do. 
uh, it would go a long way to helping us create some value for you guys. I believe in the value for value model. So if you found some value in this show, if it's helped your business, which a lot of you have reached out and said it has, why not do this? Contribute to our to the to the health of what we're doing here. Um, I'm going to get this name wrong, but uh, Iwa Spawn who came on as a Patreon. Thank you so much for your contribution. I really appreciate it. And Kirk Davis, who who actually uh, contributed a buck, has now doubled it up to see to two bucks a month. And uh, so Kirk. Kirk, he's an Ottawa boy. He's the man. Thank you so much. So you could, you yeah. too could be a Patreon. You just go to patreon.com forward slash on Yeah, and, and, and by the way too, like, I mean, it's a great way to, uh, to support what we're doing here if you get value from it. But, you know, if, you, if you're a corporation, if you're one of the LBMA member companies or you're out there and, and, and you like what we're doing and you want to kind of get more out of it, we still have sponsorship opportunities That's on the show too. So, you know, feel free to come and call, call us and ask us about, you know, sponsoring uh, an episode or, or, you know, a, a whole slew of episodes, whatever makes sense. Uh, we're open to that as well. If you want real sort of brand recognition tied to the show, we've got what thousands and thousands and thousands of people watching this thing now. Uh, you know, uh, so it's, um, yeah, we're hitting uh, just with this, with just with this show. About we're doing 60, about sixty thousand uniques, right? Sixty thousand uniques a month. So we're talking about just shy of three quarters of a million a year uh, and growing. That's a lot of people in this business. It's a lot of people. I'd say that this is the de facto spot. De facto podcast. Get on it, folks. Get on it. Right. All right. And the other thing is obviously uh, people, places, media. We we uh, we've got this uh, chapter that is going to be coming out soon with a little bit of a table of contents. We're going to be we're writing this book. It's very difficult to write a book, and I hope you understand that. We are going to be putting this out. Those of you who are on the list, we thank you. Those of you who want to be on the list, go to peopleplacesmedia.com. Sign up, and we will send you the chapter as soon as it is, as it is ready, and uh, and you won't be disappointed, guaranteed. If you are, you can get your money back. There you go. Yeah. It's All right. Free. It's free. Exactly. Money yeah. back guarantee. Money back. Ah, yes. And you can share that. You don't have to keep it yourself. If you want somebody else to uh, sign somebody else up, they'll appreciate it. Okay. All right. So uh, we're going to just talk about two stories. The first one is this monstrous story, which is really, you know, what I got from uh, WWDC is, um, okay, so Apple's turned its attention to this whole location piece. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this for a long time, Asif, the fact that location is the operating system, right? And really what we're about to see right now is Apple eat those words. It is absolutely what they're doing, especially with these little features in iOS 8 that are uh, location-based, that pop up, uh, apps that you should be downloading based on the store that you're in or the location that you're at and uh, or that you should launch based on that. And they started a little bit with Passbook with, you know, airplane tickets and, and the ability to integrate in there. But all of a sudden, they've got these little lock screen pieces that are so powerful. It is, uh, we are about to get into, go from a, from the app economy right into the notification economy and where better to do that in the operating system. And it also plays into a sieve. This conversation that we, you and I have been having for so many years now, I think two years, around temporary apps and this yes. this emerging market of not downloaded apps, um, but contextually relevant applications at the right place at the right time, at the uh, you know, um, and being displayed that app and it's and that is has to be built in the operating system. That has to be what Apple's doing. It's and, crazy. And, and Rob, Rob is not exaggerating. We've been talking about this two years. for at least two years. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, so we're starting to see this, and and you know I think there's it's polarizing because people don't like that. Uh, if you don't want to give up your location, you can turn it off. You can you can literally you can turn off location services, and you can you can just get rid of it. But 
this is such a powerful mechanism for Apple because they're, I mean, it's a dominant operating system. And it is a way, I would say, to fight the battle against something like Google, the battle against Android. Um, and it, for those partners, like Starbucks, like any retailer that participates in this, that sets something up like this, all of a sudden, you know, maps aren't relevant, uh, search isn't relevant, the app store isn't relevant, context becomes king, and I, I freaking, I love this. I love this. How can you not love this, right? I mean, we've talked about it, uh, you, you know, for, I mean, uh, this is a no-brainer for retailers, right? right. Um, Absolutely. You know, the, the question is, is that, uh, you know, at some point, right now, it, they're not doing this, but at some point, does Apple turn around and say, okay, if you want your app to get surfaced, you know, you, you're going to pay a little bit for that, uh, for that privilege. And that's fine, you know. I it's think an if, ad mechanism, sure. Yeah, it, it's it's a you know basically you you're you're paying for acquisitions, uh, you know, for for app downloads. So I mean that makes sense to me in in, in some respects. Um, you know we're not there yet, um, and and I think a lot of retailers are going to embrace this. But you know let's let's go beyond retail for a minute, right? I mean this is the perfect thing for the art gallery, the museum, the you know the guys that have these sort of you know one-off apps that we don't need on our phones, you know, 360 days a year, <laughs> um, you, you know, to say you know yes there is an app that can enhance your experience you know while you're at the at the gallery, um, and you know you you happen to walk up to the gallery and all of a sudden this little lock screen thing pops up saying hey here's the here's the art gallery app you want it here you go right um, and I oh, think this really is exactly powerful. What Talking about, and I'm, like I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm fully enamored with this, uh, with this announcement. Um, you know, and, and I hate the people, right? You know, I, I was reading all kinds of articles this week. You know, from coming out of WWDC and, and posts, and everyone's like, oh, you know, uh, nothing new from Apple. Uh, yet again, no innovation. You know, you know, Steve Jobs is gone, and we're not going to so ever see Apple. Like, come on, people! Like, look at this. Yeah, this is like. This is game changing. Well, the things that they didn't talk about, which was uh, beacons, right? So what they were doing with beacons, yeah. but they moved into the health piece, and and you start to see how this plays in with health. This plays yeah. in with the home. This plays in with beacons. It's it ties it all together. They didn't announce any payment system either, but you get eight hundred million credit cards on file with iTunes, and and this is the, the pictures painting here. And then also what they did was, you know, how they uh, if you're an iOS user, um, which you know there there are fewer and fewer of them, but more and more right? there will be. When you know you have this uh, search at the very top, right, where you you scroll down uh, on the uh, on the icon page on any of the pages, and the search comes up, and and so that has been augmented now to actually show you display uh, web results as well from Wikipedia and a bunch of other mm -hmm. search, and they're going with Bing instead of Google, and I believe that this is all part of this removing Google from the operating system. So they did it with Google Maps, right? So now they've got their Apple Maps, and then with with the acquisition that they just announced today with uh, Spotsetter, you've got now um, a, 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 you know, an augmented map, social map, uh, with points of data that is based on your social uh, network that will be integrated into their, their map application. And then you've got uh, now this ability to s search without searching because the, the way that we, we, we don't search, we find now. And so you've got contextual relevance with a little icon. Yep. Um, all, all of this is bad news, I think, for Google because Google made a, a great living selling through iOS, right? And now mm. Google or Apple is just saying, no, we're done. 
we're moving on. And and it, and it coincides well with this e-marketing report that just came out today, which is June 6th, that yep. uh, Google's share of mobile search ad revenue, which is huge, which two years ago was 82.8% of all mobile search was owned by Google, is now declined two years later to 65.7% and it's this year, and it's going to decline even more by another three or 4% next year. And that means that all other you know, basically Yahoo, Bing, mm -hmm. and everybody else in all the app world is uh, at 27.3%, up from 5.4%. So Google's core service, right, the migration to mobile, Google ad revenue is, I think, in the 80 to 90% of their revenue realm, which is what's feeding everything else, the ability to, to create a driverless car, is is now in jeopardy. And what, what we focus on WWC, DC, is that Apple's not innovating, well, Apple's innovating in a way that's going to make money. Yeah. Google is yeah. is 20 years ago. Well, because uh, well, the problem is, is everybody focuses on hardware and not all, you know, the, you know, the, the application and, and device layer, you know, software that's going in here. I mean, this is, this is the essence of, you know, the yeah. future of, uh, of search, the future of location, context. It's all, it's all coming in here. And one of the other things they announced this, this week that I, I thought was really neat. I mean, I'm a complete Apple ecosystem guy. So, yeah, so am I. you know, I, you know, I I, you I, I've got, I've got the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro and the Apple TV and the, you know, the whole thing. Right. Um, and so they announced this thing called handoff. Which is really cool, right? So this is the idea that you know I'm work I'm I'm here here uh, in my office. I'm working on my MacBook Air. You know I'm reading an article or I'm typing you know some you know you know some some uh, some letter out or whatever it is I'm doing, and then I just uh, you know I, I go switch over to my my iPad, and you know, it it just picks up from where I left off from one device to the other, right? Um, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, right. they're starting to like all of these. All of these are, are painting an incredible story about, uh, you know, this de-emphasizing technology and just emphasizing the user experience. And I think that what Apple sees, and you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna speak on their behalf, but this, the, what Apple sees is this time, which we've also talked about, which is this whole idea of the cloud operating system, where everything's in the cloud and all you have in front of you is a dumb screen, and yes. it, that, that transition from this screen, which I'm looking at here, to this screen to this screen, to my phone, to my television, to my car, to wherever, my, my bedroom, whatever screen it is, that, that they're facilitating that transa transaction between all of those screens without yep. me having to think about it. And I think exactly. that, to, that is, or having to save it to the cloud, it's just this seamless process. And, and those are the kind of things that are going to accelerate this ecosystem. But I, I, I got to tell you that that uh, when you start adding context and location into these things, it makes it even more interesting to me. And what Apple's doing with this, with this, if it comes out in iOS 8, there's always a chance that it won't. But if it does, it it comes. You know, we've come full circle from the time that we started talking about this whole temporary uh, app world um, with with what they're doing. I, I just I think that, and I've said this before on this podcast. I think that Google is the one that's in jeopardy here, even yeah. if they have a dominant. They're dominant in the number of operating system, you know, devices that run Android. They own the operating system, but the problem is, is that they haven't turned the revenue on. And right now, I think that it's being handed to them because they, you know, Facebook is getting smart in mobile advertising. I and think Amazon's announced they're they're going with their own phone. With their own phone, um, I, so I, I just I just think that that Google is in jeopardy, and uh, who knows? But these numbers are not good for Google. Uh, and I think that what Apple is doing is uh, is uh, is spot on to keep the advertisers, the retailers, engaged in the in the Apple ecosystem.
It's big. There you go. It's big. And what this means for like Yelp, what this means for all the other companies that are doing hyperlocal search, um, you know, one of the key things that Apple also announced was the integration, the ability to integrate into notifications. So you can get your app into their notification stream because we're moving into a notification world. That is a huge piece for companies like Yelp, even companies like Foursquare, to integrate right into the uh, into the stream of notifications. Now that could get abusive, but uh, I just think the operating system is now local, and that's what that's what uh, that's what Apple's doing. Yeah. So for me, the key to that is, is, and we talk all the time about beacons and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, wh what that says to me is, is who needs to build an app anymore? Right. I, I, right. You know, for, for, you know, from a beacon perspective yeah. and, and on an indoor location and retail play. Yeah. If now you can just deliver the, the, the offer or the, the push, you know, into an, into the notification screen, then Bye. it's done. Bye-bye. It the, the closest route, the shortest route to a transaction. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, there so iOS location and the implication of local search on local search. This this is far-reaching. This is a story that is ongoing, but that, those are our thoughts on it. Who knows? We could just, it could all be BS, but I don't think but so. But we don't think so. 65.7%. My goodness, that's almost a 20% decline in two years for, for Google. All right, the second story that I, I want to just briefly touch on is this whole idea about looking at uh, different ways to use technology to bring an experience to a user. Not, not have them go to you, but bring it to them, right? So this, this idea that you can use, uh, you know, a printer inside of a uh, paper towel dispenser to, to give you, to, to push out the news. The idea that you can uh, get an augmented reality application that is, creates a little bit more engagement so you can hold it up and you can see some psychedelic cityscape grow mm -hmm. from an album. Um, and the idea that you can, you can judge a person by their shoes, literally, um, you know, this is, this is, this is the kind of thinking I think on all three of those stories. You might look at them and say, oh, they're basic. But all three of those stories to me are are people that are not not thinking in line. Like we always talk about this. I came from this presentation this morning um, and it was just copycat material. It's just people recycle the same ideas. And I think that these are you at least unique ideas that bring some kind of value to the end user without them expecting it. Yeah. And I th I, for, for me, it's, it's about what, what I call the Internet of Things near us. Um, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're getting to that point now where every, you know, every object, you know, that, that, that is on my desk or wherever I am, uh, you know, will have some sort of intelligence in it, right? And have some sort of ability, uh, from a marketing perspective to, to turn it into some, uh, to an experiential, um, object an experiential uh thing that, that that can interact with consumers that can engage them in a way that is you know is fun is unique is uh rewarding is uh, you know amusing in some cases um you know and I, and I think that this is what it's all about right you know i talk all the time about you know who cares if we can deliver a coupon to a mobile device right like like that's boring right you know, but if you can deliver a coupon to the mobile device that uh, you, you know I, I can somehow use on my phone and shoot and you know pretend it's a gun and shoot it you know over to Rob's phone, you know that's different, right? You know, it's experiential, right? It, it, it's uh, or you know your phone becomes you know a game controller or whatever it is, you know, or or you can just take this water bottle and 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 do something cool with it. I mean, one of the other ones that that I covered recently was uh, the Nescafe alarm clock. Mm -hmm. 
right, where you got the you know the the cap uh, of the Nescafe bottle is is an alarm clock, Brilliant. and it's got it's got sensors in it, and so basically. You know, you're 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 in bed. You know, the the coffee's sitting there on on, on the kitchen table, and uh, and you hear this alarm clock go off. And the only way you can shut off the alarm <laughs> clock is by going up and picking up the Nescafe, opening that bottle cap, and then you get the the this, the smell of the aroma of the coffee, and you got no choice but to have your coffee, right? This Smart. is what it's, it's, yeah. it's experiential, right? And, and I think that's what's important, right? And, but it's it's very much about you know the location, the proximity, you know, the the nearness of that device. Um, and and I think I think this stuff is you know it's just starting. Coke's doing some um, something similar with their Coke bottles right now for the World Cup. Yeah. Um, you know, and we're going to see more and more of these things, especially as you know, beacon technologies. You know, th there was an article that came out this week that said you know the Bluetooth low energy beacons by the end of first quarter next year, the price point per beacon is going to drop to about a dollar per unit, right? So you think about that, not necessarily, you know, in a Coke bottle, because you know we know what the price of that is, but you know, in other things like you know, like a bottle of coffee or like a something else, uh, you know, and if you're buying at scale and you're putting, you're manufacturing these things into into your products, that starts to become reasonable that you can build, you know, technology right into the right into the uh, you know the consumables, into the packaging, into the whatever. So we're going to see a lot of this kind of stuff. You know, remember we talked about that Wi-Fi mat, yeah. you know, a while back. Yeah. You know, they can tell you when when your kid comes home from school. Yeah, those are the kind of things. But but those those experiences change the way that we interact with these products. So it also it does two things. It 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 keeps that product top of mind. Right. So, you, you know, it, it is absolutely a um, it brings the brand closer to the consumer. That's just the way that I, I think about it is that, uh, you know, I can I can pick up a pack of bacon and I can just buy bacon and I don't even think about it. Right. I don't even I don't love bacon. But when you start to interact with it, so say you take this this idea of uh, a brand who prints news on a paper towel, uh, mm. that is not something that I will ever forget. Right. So when I when I right. look at it once, I expect to see it in every one of these uh, paper towel dispensers. Um, so it, it's created a much closer link to me as a consumer. Uh, and, and I also think the same way about uh, Brian Eno's album, right, is that if I can have that experience, probably the same experience that he was feeling as he was writing the album, uh, tripping on something, you, you get a little bit of a closer, uh, a closer, a deeper dive in uh, into their minds. And I think that those are the kind of things that, that bring us closer. The second thing of it all is that it sets expectations for all the other companies on the planet. Right now, the bar has been brought up to this high and everybody has to hit that bar or else we look right. at it and say, well, that's not interesting at all. It might be the greatest thing in the world, but it's not siphoning pollution from the air. Right. And turning it into clean air. It's not, you know, absorbing moisture and drink making drinking water out of it. Anything below that doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. And I think the same way with these. So, you know, right. it's 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 the old game of uh, keeping up with the Joneses. And right? this is it. And these guys have set the bar very high, so to speak. The toilet paper go. bar. Next is toilet paper. paper Whoever prints on toilet paper, put, it in the stall. put them in the stall. There's your billion dollar idea somehow, sort of. Yeah. So, you know, I these are very fascinating times that we live in. We've got iOS and they're basically building the, the conduit to hyperlocal through the operating system. They're going to bring payments at some point, but they don't focus on payments. They didn't bring payments first, did they, Asif? No. They brought the experience first. And the same thing with uh, unique ways to leverage this technology in order to be able to bring you closer, those technologies or those businesses closer to the consumer. And if it's in the washroom, so be it. My goodness.
those are the two big stories. It was a long group, but we like those are very important trends that we're seeing, and uh, you know, as a result of the stories that Asif highlighted today, those are exactly what we needed to speak about. So, not a third one. You are spared the third one. Love it. Well, it, we're it, we're getting to the end of the school year, so we're going to let you off a bit early. Today. Exactly. Only a little bit of learning, but these are big pieces. These are big pieces. Lots of lessons to be learned. And I think that this last piece here that we're going to be bringing in, which is Chuck Martin talking about uh, Think Near and their location score index as our resource, uh, kind of summarizes for me, Asif, this whole concept that listen, you know, don't believe what you read. Don't listen to everybody. Do your research. And it was uh, Ellie Portnoy, who's the uh, founder of Think Near, uh, which is a telnet company he thought uh, you know he wanted to prove that uh, maybe the location-based advertising that was being sold by other companies maybe wasn't as um, I don't know relevant to location as it seems to be they were talking about some discrepancies between six and sixty miles the ads were being displayed six to sixty miles yeah. off well, of course yeah we know that the, the accuracy of some of this stuff is oh way my off, god so. So here, uh, we're going to leave it with this. We're going to leave you with, uh, with Chuck Martin uh, talking about this. Uh, Think Near's Location Score Index. He got an opportunity to sit down with Ellie Portnoy, as I said, who's the founder of Think Near. And uh, here are his thoughts. Location, despite what we all think, uh, location is not as accurate as a lot of people would portray. Uh, they, they looked at 3.5 billion, that's billion with a B, auctions, on exchange, they measured against 53 million impressions, and they found that over a third, 35% of impressions were accurate within 325 feet. Um, th that's, I mean, this, this is not good stuff. Uh, one in five uh, received up to six miles off target. So uh, e even if it's, if, it's, if it's one in 10, I mean, that's huge being six miles off target. Uh, the, that means that ads that are being delivered in many cases are being delivered to the to the wrong place essentially and what this means is a consumer as Ellie pointed out the consumers have nowhere to go and complain and say hey this is this ad makes no sense what they do is they basically are are deleting the ad or or they're getting angry at the people who sent them the ad and it's not necessarily the network that sent it it's actually the brand that's trying to pitch them on something so it's not a good thing for the industry so I, I'm, I'm thrilled that, that think near is is doing stuff like this because it's really good for the basically the, essentially the future of location that is our resource of the week thanks Chuck for letting us use that and uh, and I'm glad he got some insight we got some insight from him about uh, think near and their location score index you can go to thinknear.com if you want some more information the big banner up there for their location score index and you can go to should we send people to the lbma.com forward slash research to get the link to download that uh, yes that PDF okay. absolutely all right so that's it all right that is episode 185 the countdown to 200 that would mean that there's 15 episodes left right if wow. i can if i still can do math yeah i don't even know it's friday afternoon asif safe travels this week enjoy banff and uh you out there who are floating around wherever you are whatever you are doing thank you for coming back again and again thank you for listening to these words because you've been sitting through it for 51 minutes we really appreciate you doing that if you have an opportunity go to uh patreon.com forward slash on tether drop us a couple of bucks or for free just go to peopleplacesmedia.com and sign up there and get a free chapter to our upcoming book Anything else, Asif, or should we close this so, one? That's all I got. All right, everybody. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>